Welcome to the official podcast of the Seton Hall Sports Poll. My name is Seth Everett, here with the director of the Seton Hall Sports Poll, Rick Gentile. And Rick, anytime you're dealing with something that is a hot-button topic, a controversial topic, everybody wants to know what people think. That's the beauty of the Seton Hall Sports Poll, because sometimes sports and politics are just walking along the lines. In the middle of a debate... Donald Trump decided to say that allegations that he had made some inappropriate comments about women, he characterized as locker room talk. And the sports world united. Everyone said that's not what locker rooms are at all. And it's so funny because when you're dealing with a poll, perception becomes reality. Very true. Um, as soon as as soon as soon Trump made the remark about locker room, I... I put the poll into action, uh, knew that we had a subject to discuss, um, and lots of players, lots of athletes came out publicly and said, that's not what we talk about, that's shocking, that's not the kind of thing we say. So I thought, okay, let's let's find out what people think. I don't, Again, remember that the object here isn't to say, what do athletes talk about in locker rooms? The object here is to say, what do people think? And do people believe that when Donald Trump says this is locker room talk, that that actually is what happens in a locker room? So that's what we sought, we set out to find. So there's been a lot of discussion about that. The question on the Seton Hall sports poll was, do you think male athletes discuss their sexual conquests of women in locker room discussions? And 72% said yes. Yeah, and I think I wasn't surprised by that. I, maybe I'm a little surprised by how high that number is, but... I think people generally, I mean, it's been played over and over in films and movies and uh, on TV shows that, you know, locker room guys talk But conquest of women about, is not necessarily assault That's women. why it was, the first question was a little bit benign. Um, it's sexual conquest. That's something men have talked about for years, and I suppose women talk about as well. Um, the next question was the hit him over the head question. Do you think male athletes speak about women in locker room discussions in the way that was heard in a recently released tape of Donald Trump recorded in 2005? 54% said yes, 33 said no, with 13 saying they weren't familiar with the tape. Or they didn't know. Or yeah. they didn't know what, what goes on. Did you, Do you guys poll bedrock? <laughs> I suppose there are people who didn't know the I tape. suppose there are people out there in the world who didn't know. Uh, again, in fairness to the people, the don't know is I don't know what whether that's what people discuss in locker rooms. Okay, or I'm not sure what you're talking about. The 54 percent I thought was a high number. I I I think, I, you know, you wonder when when the when a campaign organization does its spin. Does it have influence? I have to suspect, in fact, that it did. I think people are willing to accept the explanation, the Trump campaign explanation, that this is locker room talk, this is what guys talk about, and it's okay. And yeah. that seems to be the pass. All right. So then the next question, do you think there is an increase in sexually abusive behavior toward women by male athletes? 51% said no. Right. Um, and, and again, now we're getting into... Not what do you think players talk about in the locker room. Now we're getting into what are they doing. And, um, you know, 34% said yes, 50, 51% said no. Again, the the answer, the yes answer, 33% of men said yes, 35% of women, which is, you know, statistically the same. So um, a very interesting response and, and um, you know, I, I, we we could all debate whether or not we think there is an increase, but the public does not think it's increasing. 
Well, and, and that's there are certain faction of people that think that it's always existed and that nothing has changed uh, in, in modern times. Yeah, sadly, boys will be boys seems to be an okay explanation. Right, and when it comes to talk, there's a difference. You know, again, we're not specifying whether that we're talking about assault versus locker right. room talk. Right, right. that's I, exactly right. I, I remember I had to, I was doing something that was uh, comic book related, and they call, wanted to call it geek talk. And I said, do you need to know how many women I've been with to prove that I'm not a geek? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, I mean, they, is that locker room talk? I think, I think it might be. <laughs> exactly. We might pull on that next week. <laughs> do you think professional leagues and collegiate conferences are doing enough to police inst- instances of sexual abuse by athletes? Uh, immediately, my instinct would be to say no, because it's never enough. It, that doesn't mean it's not satisfactory. Good point. Fifty-eight percent said no. Twenty-four said yes. Nineteen don't know. Yeah, I mean that's that's a little bit getting into a little bit scary territory. That that the public isn't confident. That the organizations that are are um, involved in policing or or running these leagues and and essentially the employees of this of these of these athletes are not doing their the not doing their right. job on this in this area. Right. Right. Um, well, then we get more specific. Do you think that universities hiding instances of sexual abuse by athletes is commonplace? 68% said yes, that's Penn State. Well, it's Penn State, it's it's uh, Baylor, it's, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately Kentucky, it's becoming yeah. too many places. And, um, you know, the good news is the news is getting out there and and people are forced to react. But this is a, this is a really disturbing, to me, this is a really disturbing answer. Well... Because you're, you're sending your kids to universities. You want to be able to trust the fact that they're on this. But if, if, if you were to ask the question, you word them specifically, if it's commonplace, it is commonplace. I mean, it's shown to – there's evidence yeah. to prove that. Yeah. Well, I, you know, we could have simply asked one about one school, but the, the idea was to say, do you, do you think that this is a university-wide, a nationwide problem? And obviously people think it is. I mean, 68 percent is a huge number. Do you think the NFL should have stronger penalties for players who have been in, involved in domestic violence? 76% said yes. I mean, how's that not 100%? Yeah, well, you know, it, it, right. The good news is it's a big number. The bad news is that there are 15% who, people who think that that the answer is no, um, that they shouldn't have stronger penalties. You know, that could be we think that the penalties are strong enough and, and we think the league is doing enough, but... Again, it's a telling number and no no real difference between men and women respondents. Do reports of sexual abuse by athletes make you less interested in following sports? Yeah, and here's an interesting one because you look at it and you say, well, the answer, the, the public said 33% said yes, that sexual reports of sexual abuse by athletes make them less interested in following sports. 33% yes, 58% no. Oh, okay, good. So there's no problem. Well, 33% yes means one out of three people out there are saying, I'm going to follow sports less than I used to because I don't like this whole sexual abuse situation. That's a big number. Yeah, it, it is a big number, and it, it, it's, it's, again, just the perception. You know, to say that there's a, a no-tolerance policy, I, I just think that, you know, from a PR standpoint, there needs to be uh, any connection to domestic violence at eight games, minimum. Yeah, and that way, when a tape is. or a diary or a journal comes out later, you say, yeah, that's why you got eight games. Yeah. 
But then you get into the, you know, and I, I don't want to get into the lawyer stuff, but you get into the innocent until proven guilty thing. And Agreed. If a guy is accused of sexual violence or domestic violence, is that an automatic suspension? No, you can't do that. So you need proof. And if the proof comes out later, you know, it's just, it's a, it is, I, it's a horribly difficult situation. Um, we do live in a country where, where you're innocent until proven guilty, and you don't want to get into a Salem witch trial kind of situation. However, you know, when there's, when there's a report and an arrest is made and, and papers are filed and there's physical evidence, it's like at what point does the league not have to be judge and jury, just say, it's enough for us, you're suspended. And then there's the subject of rigging. A lot of people have said the election uh, might be rigged because that's what the Republican nominee has decided to say. Uh, so the question was asked, do you think the election could be rigged by outside influences? Split right down the split, middle. Pretty, very much split down For, the middle. Just, yeah. Which is, again, it's a, a little scary, but the, a lack, country. Of, <laughs> lack of confidence in, in, the, in our one of our most basic things, but... Um, so that so when we saw the res- when I saw the response to that, I thought, oh my God, we're going to be in trouble here. The reason I I I, I took on I, after I I decided about the um, informing the questions, the the, uh, the the locker room situation with with Mr. Trump, I thought, well, let's see what the people think about his his allegations of rigging elections, and let's extend that to the sports world. So so here we go. So do you think any of the following events could be rigged today by an outside influence? 52% said an NFL game, 51% said an N- NBA game, a college basketball ga- a college football game, 47, a college basketball game, 46, and a World Series game, 42. Yeah, uh, the, I mean, but the fun thing about those last two, College basketball game. Not that there's any fun involved in rigging a game, yeah. <laughs> but but a college basketball game. Forty five percent was the was one of the lowest of the group that we asked. And of course, what the, the two most famous scandals in, in American <laughs> sports history were rigging college basketball and games and rigging the World Series. <laughs> right. And those came out the two lowest. So I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. Well, and then the the question about gambling. You know, a lot of the NFL's success in ratings is due to gambling, the the advent of gambling. I mean, you can you can see the parallel. I use use Green Bay, Wisconsin as the example. Green Bay, Wisconsin in the last 10 years has seen an increase in Packers viewership. There are not an increase there there has not been a boon in the population. So people in their 20s and 30s are not suddenly being tipped off, "Hey, the Packers are here." That's that's how they're raised. The parallel with the NFL's increase in ratings has been directly connected to the creation and evolution of the iPhone. And seeing those two things, the ability to track fantasy, the ability to to gamble, to bet on games, to do picks, all of that can be done on a smartphone. And that's the, the, the tie-in. So this idea that professional leagues now have endorsed daily fantasy games some teams have ownership positions with fantasy companies if you want to have the speculation that that opens the door for rigging of performances of professional athletes i'm not surprised that 45 percent said yes yeah and 31 percent said no um yeah i don't think there's any question look it's not even a matter of rigging games the fact is that fantasy daily fantasy games is gambling i know I know there's been new rulings that say it's a game of skill and all that, but we all know it's gambling. 
And now the leagues which used to frown on even fantasy, you know, season-wide leagues, now embrace it to the point that they not just embrace it, they've invested in it. Um, it it certainly does open the door for gambling. Um, the NBA has said that they, they think legalized gambling is probably okay. So, you know, look, it's th- this this is a wave that's coming, and I, I think we're all going to have to deal with it. Well, it's it's something that you have to maintain your integrity. And I don't know necessarily that the leagues as, as entities need to go out and prove that. Yeah. But well, you know, if the, the perception's not there, I mean— The leagues have always—really led by the NFL more than the others, but, but the leagues have always monitored the lines in Vegas— you know, if there's a they major fluctuation, yeah. If they, well, if there's a major fluctuation on day to day in a in a Las Vegas line on a game, the NFL investigates it because a it could be that they've gotten to somebody or somebody knows something. B it could be something was released an injury that mm-hmm. wasn't released to the public. All of these things the NFL's always been on top of, and the NBA. Um, so this is not new. They're very good at monitoring what's going on out there in the gambling world. They don't. They don't bury their head in the sand about whether the people are gambling on the games. As you said, it's good for the league. Yeah, there's there's no uh, secret, and and that's that's part of it. Uh, the Seton Hall Sports Poll is presented by the Sharkey Institute, presented by the Stillman School of Business at Seton Hall University. The poll has been conducted regularly ever since 2006. The director of the Seton Hall Sports Poll is Rick Gentile. I'm Seth Everett. This is the official Seton Hall Sports Poll podcast right here. Thanks for downloading.